bulletin, two eminent indigenous elders acknowledged with prestigious National NIDOC Awards. Thousands have turned out at rallies nationwide to back the indigenous voice to parliament. And Australia's National Anti-Scam Centre begins operations with a task force focused on disrupting investment scams. Indigenous Elders have received the National NIDOC Elders of the Year Awards at a ceremony that honoured Indigenous Australians in a number of categories. Auntie Dr. Matilda House-Williams won the Female Elder of the Year Award for her instrumental work in founding the Aboriginal Tent Embassy in 1972 and helped establish the Aboriginal Legal Service. The proud Ngamri Walabalua and Wiradjuri Elder was emotional as she received the honour. We are very, very powerful, us elders. I've never turned away from anything. I'll fight till I can stand no more. A rante man, William Tilmouth, won the Male Elder of the Year Award for his tireless work supporting homeless people and young people at risk. Thousands have turned out at rallies across Australia in support of the Indigenous Voice to Parliament. Several thousand people attended Sydney's Come Together for Yes event and similar events drew large crowds in cities nationwide. Minister for Indigenous Australians Linda Burney made an impassioned plea for a Yes vote at a rally in Brisbane saying the voice would make a practical difference to the lives of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Banjarong Yota Yota man John Hedger spoke at a Yes event in Canberra. He says a voice to parliament will ensure Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people can have their voices heard and make lasting change. It can give community a greater say over what matters to them. It changes the way government have to interact with our communities, where we get valued. Our leadership is respected. And together we can start to forge a better future, not just for our communities, but for the whole country. Nationals leader David Littleproud is once again expressing opposition to a voice to parliament, saying Australians are more likely to support constitutional recognition alone. The Yes campaign is ramping up its message during NIDOC week, which started yesterday, and intends, and intends to feature ordinary Australians as opposed to celebrities in their national advertisement. Mr Little Broad says he isn't concerned about elements of the campaign, but more about what they are trying to promote. He told Channel 9 the Prime Minister should have focused on a referendum for constitutional recognition without a voice. If this was just about constitutional recognition, we'd sign up. In fact, we'd be the first ones there. And I think the Prime Minister's got an opportunity to show leadership and courage to actually uh, step away from this and make it just about constitutional recognition. You only have to look at the polls. These divide the country. The opportunity's here to bring us together. Let's make this about a set of words that actually gives the recognition that Indigenous Australians working want. And let's work towards closing the gap with the practical measures. Green Senator Barbara Pocock denies claims that her party are politicising the nation's new anti-corruption watchdog just days after it became operational. 
the National Anti-Corruption Commission, known as the NAAC, is headed by Paul Brereton, who led a previous investigation into the criminal misconduct on the battlefield by Australian Special Forces in Afghanistan. National's MP Barnaby Joyce accused the Greens of politicising the commission after Barbara Pocock immediately referred consultancy firm PwC to the commission yesterday. The referral comes following revelations PwC staff shared confidential tax information from the Treasury Department to secure new business. Senator Pocock says the referral is not political and relates to fundamental questions of ethics and transparency. This is a matter which concerns many thousands of Australians and it has concerned a lot of money. Um, it's not a question of a politician making a referral to, about a political question uh, in our parliament. It's a national issue about uh, the proper use of public funds, uh, the proper separation of conflicts of interest, uh, knowing that it's inappropriate to use confidential information to make money for your firm. The National Anti-Scam Centre is up and running since the 1st of July with the launch of a task force focused on disrupting investment scams and minimising scam losses. The specialist task force will operate for six months, bringing together regulators and the private sector to take actions such as removing investment scam websites from the internet. Investment scams accounted for most of the funds lost by Australians to to scam activity in 2022. Of the record $3.1 billion lost last year, $1.5 billion related to investment scams. Deputy Deputy Treasurer Stephen Jones says the task force will take on three key roles. It's a first for Australia and it'll be about the government taking the fight up to scammers to ensure that Australians aren't left on their own. The National Anti-Scam Centre will have three critical functions. The first is disruption. It's about ensuring that whether those criminal networks are operating in Australia or wherever they're working around the world, will be disrupting their activity. So disruption, education and information sharing, but also providing more support to victims. The Deputy Treasurer also says Australians who have had their information or identity stolen will be referred to support services such as ID Care, which will, which will help restore lost data. Indonesian President Joko Widodo begins his three-day visit to Australia later today as part of bilateral talks. He says a key focus for him will be finalising a deal on battery production for electric vehicles. Mr. Widodo says the deal makes sense considering Indonesia has the world's largest nickel reserves and Australia is the world's largest lithium producer. Indonesia, the largest economy in Southeast Asia, is positioning itself to become a regional manufacturing centre for battery and electrical vehicle industries. The federal government has announced a new special envoy for the Pacific to bolster Australia's diplomatic relationships relationships in the region. UN MacDonald, a senior foreign affairs department official, will take on the inaugural role. He has also been appointed the new High Commissioner to the Republic of Fiji. Mr. MacDonald has headed the Office of the Pacific for the past four years and previously served as Australia's High Commissioner to New Zealand. 
in a joint statement, Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong and International Development Minister Pat Conroy say the new role reflects the federal government's commitment to build strong relationships in the region based on shared priorities and values. Chinese Vice President Han Zheng has called for peaceful multilateral relations between major powers at the opening ceremony of the 11th World Peace Forum in Beijing. Officials, policymakers and experts have gathered at Tsinghua University in Beijing to promote solutions to some of the biggest challenges facing the world today. Mr. Zheng says China is willing to uphold the principles of multilateralism and that openness and cooperation are urgently needed. He says influential world powers need to work together to address pressing challenges in global politics. No matter how complex the problems are and how sharp the challenges are, the international community, especially influential major powers, should take a clear stance based on the needs and wishes of the parties involved to encourage peace talks, mediate through conciliation and support relevant parties to establish mutual trust, resolve disputes and promote security through dialogue. The mayor of a Paris suburb says his home was rum-raided during nationwide unrest with protesters attacking his wife and children as they fled. The protest in response to the fatal the fatal police shooting of a 17-year-old of North African descent known as Nahel raged for a fifth night. The centre-right mayor of the southern suburb of Leyle-Rose Vincent Jeanbrun says his wife broke her leg attempting to flee the aggressors who drove their vehicle at the suburban house. The vehicle was halted by a low wall ringing the property's outdoor terrace, so the occupants then torched the car. As Jeanbrun's wife and two children fled through the backyard, they were attacked with fireworks with Mr. Jeanbrun telling French television TF1 that his wife Melanie is now recovering from surgery to a broken leg, facing a three-month rehabilitation. We are very tired. We're exhausted. We're sad. We're angry. We're scared. And at the same time, we are standing tall. Just as I was coming here, I was told that my wife's operation went well and that it would not be long before she wakes up. So we take every small victory, small happiness, as they come. The grandmother of the 17-year-old killed by police has pleaded for calm, urging people who are breaking things to stop. Back home, there has been about 10 flight cancellations at Sydney's domestic airport this morning, with some travellers saying they were not notified until they arrived at the airport. This comes after 150 cancellations between Friday and Sunday with pilots limited to a single runway due to strong winds and staff shortages. The 10 cancelled flights were mostly from Virgin Airlines as other passengers are having a smoother ride with the Bureau of Meteorology now calling off wind warnings for New South Wales. Over the weekend, the cancellations led to huge irritated crowds spilling out of the airport terminals as the New South Wales school holiday began. And now to sport, Australia has taken a 2-0 lead in the Ashes after completing a dramatic 43-run defeat of England in the second test at Lords. 
On a fiery final day in London, Ben Stokes threatened to lead England to victory before he lost, before the hosts were eventually bowled out for 327 in pursuit of 371. It means Australia can win an Ashes series in England for the first time in 22 years with victory in the third test at a headingly starting Thursday. Now having a look at the weather around the country this Monday, Broome sunny 24, Perth showers 18, Adelaide cloudy 14, Melbourne cloudy 15, Hobart partly cloudy 12, Albury Wodonga mostly cloudy 14, Canberra mostly sunny 14, Wollongong cloudy 17, Sydney possible late shower 17, Newcastle similar conditions 18, Brisbane similar 21, Townsville mostly sunny 24, Cairns showers 27, Alice Springs cloudy 11, Darwin mostly sunny 31, and the Torres Strait Islands partly cloudy there ahead and a top of 31 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.